0: Uh, welcome to a bonus episode of The Great Trials Podcast. As always, uh, I'm Steve Lowry here with, uh, with Yvonne Godfrey. And, uh, and for our bonus episode, uh, we have a, a fantastic trial lawyer down in uh, uh, the Miami area, Coral Gables, Michael Haggard. Michael, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: And and I shouldn't mention I told uh, I told our producer Taras I was going to mention him. Uh, Taras just had a baby girl, and uh, and so we want to congratulate Taras. And we know that uh, that you're not getting any sleep right now. Is that right? <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I, I told somebody I was living on naps and determination. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, uh, baby and mama are doing okay. Yeah, everybody's doing great well great yes. yeah. Thanks We are asking. glad to have the new addition to the uh to the podcast family well yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> let her i'll let her cry in a little bit It probably won't be hard right, right. <laughs> 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 well uh well michael we're so glad to have you on uh this is a uh, like i said a bonus episode and what we're going to talk about today on the bonus episode is uh the national crime victims bar association uh which you're a member of and um and so I, I want to let you talk a little bit about what the uh, um, uh, the Crime Victims Bar does and uh, and and how it's had an effect uh, on, on your career. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, who is uh, the Na- National Crime Victims Bar Association?
1: Absolutely, it, it's a great bar association for lawyers who represent uh, crime victims. Really, kind of out of the gate, that's what we're all about. So if you handle you know, negligent security cases, you handle child sex abuse cases, or you happen to handle cases against the Catholic Church or any the Boy Scouts or anything along those lines, it's a great resource to be a member of. It's about 300 to 400 lawyers across the country, every state's represented. Uh, we have an incredible listserv where people exchange ideas, all crime victim rights attorneys. So nobody else is on that listserv. Got, a, got an amicus uh, committee that participates in uh, arguments in every state Supreme Court throughout the federal courts. And uh, so if you're doing that type of work, it's, it's really incredible just to be able to you know, post on a list of, you know, hey, who's had this type of case against the Boy Scouts, this type of case against Walmart. I, I had somebody that was robbed at Seven Eleven. Does anybody have a complaint? And it gets a lot deeper than that. We have an incredible conference every year that uh, is held in conjunction with the National Center for Victims of Crime, which we're a subsidiary of. And uh, that conference, you've got the top crime victim lawyers, experts, uh, folks who handled the Penn State case. You name any type of case that's been handled in the United States uh, with regard to crime victims, uh, we've had that speaker speak. So it's well worth the admission, and I was privileged enough to be president last year, and it's just been a great group.
0: Well, and I, uh, as I told you off the air, I, I'm also a member of it, and it really is just a fantastic uh, group and a great resource for for all kinds of uh, questions. And what I've really noticed about the group is that um, they're sort of on the cutting edge of of the law and on you know changing laws throughout the country. A, a, a lot of these uh, lawyers have been um, have been active in. Uh, talking to their legislators about changing the law in their states to allow crime victims to uh, have rights for, you know, crimes that go back many, many years. I, I can tell you here in Georgia, uh, we had a change in the law recently. It, it still, uh, you know, doesn't really go back far enough against uh, against uh, entities that allowed crimes to happen. Uh, but it does allow uh, allow the victim to go back uh, farther in time, against um, uh, against the actual perpetrator. But as you know, Michael, that the, the um, you know that's just only part of the story. the The real story is about how, uh, especially when you talk about the Catholic Church and some of what we've heard about the Boy Scouts, about how that things like this could have been allowed to just go on uh, for many, many years. Um, but, uh, but I've really been impressed with the group and how and, and how proactive they are in, uh, you know, talking to legislators about how the law needs to change in order to help crime victims.
1: Well, that's really, you know, we were involved many, many years ago in the state of Florida where they were trying to put the bad guy in the verdict form, the intentional are on the verdict form in Florida. We're only one of two states who still does not allow that. I know that Georgia, the law changed a couple of years ago, and you all have to deal with that now. And right. that was really all because the uh, National Crime Victim Bar Association, the uh, executive director at the time was Jeff Dion, who was executive director for many years. And he came and testified, and, and we fought that and lost in the House. The governor was against us and won uh, with the Republican Senate 24 to 16. And that's now been 13 years ago. And it was a really a landmark battle for crime victims in Florida. But like you said, in terms of the cutting edge, I mean, not only does the amicus committee and, and do we lobby for statute of limitation extensions for sexual abuse victims throughout the country, but really we were on the forefront of when negligent security cases came about. Um, and like, for instance, our members were the back page um, right. lawyers who fought that heroic effort that nobody thought they could win. I think the next kind of frontier that we're really dealing with at the NCVBA and encouraging lawyers across the country to get involved in is the epidemic of human trafficking. right? And uh, bringing those cases against any type of commercial premises that allows it, whether it be, uh, we all think of hotels, we think of truck stops, we think of massage parlors, but obviously there are apartment complexes that have low rent, um you know weekly rentals where human traffickers are using these places to to just you know basically embody you know 21st century slavery. And um you know one thing the NCBBA has said loud and clear is that you know you're not gonna stop just like you're not gonna stop a drug dealer when you arrest uh you know Noriega there's gonna be another drug dealer. Same thing with human trafficking, but if you stop where they can do human trafficking, now you're really affecting them. And I think that's the next frontier. And not only is the NP- NCVBA on that journey, but we work hand-in-hand with the National Center for Victims of Crime and all their programs. So it's, it's a great partnership, and I would encourage any lawyer, if you just have one crime victim case, to join up because you, you'll, just, you'll get so much out of it. Mike, can you, can you talk a little bit for um, um – Especially for our non lawyer listeners, a little bit about that um, interface of, you know, the criminal prosecution versus what crime victims and their families um, can accomplish and and their attorneys can accomplish through civil cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we, the crime victim, the, the One of the most difficult things about representing crime victims is they're victimized several times. I mean, the first time, obviously, the crime itself. A lot of times there's never an arrest. And so to go through that and never have any closure at all um, to something where, where you've been affronted about as personal as it can be, whether it's an armed robbery, obviously a sexual assault, a homicide where you've lost a loved one, to not have someone be arrested is really the the second aspect of, of being violated. And then, even when there is an arrest, the criminal justice system is, is a tough road for crime victims. They don't, even though we have the, the Crime Victims Act and we've, we've really obtained the Bill of Rights for crime victims over the years, it pales in comparison, obviously, to the constitutional rights of a criminal defendant in, in the United States. So they go through that process, and, and they may, you may lose in that process. There may be a plea deal, that you don't agree with as a crime victim. There may be an acquittal, the charges may be dropped, or you may have to go through the whole process of a criminal trial. And, and, and then at the same time, your rights may have vested from the beginning with a possible civil case. And sometimes a lot of crime victims don't know that. I mean, if you were the victim of a, or, or a loved one was a victim of a homicide at an apartment complex, how would they know that there had been three armed robberies in that parking lot before. I can guarantee you the apartment complex didn't broadcast it.
0: Right. So
1: sometimes people never know those rights that they might've had. If they were sexually assaulted by a, a counselor at a youth camp, how would they know that that counselor had that record before or had exhibited, you know, really strange behavior to a supervisor that no one reported. So a lot of times the problem for crime victims is they don't know certain things and that they might have vested civil rights in a, in a, in a civil case uh, until they talk to a lawyer or talk to someone that might steer them to figure out that you may have other rights outside of that criminal courthouse. Right. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, I think that thing, especially our non-lawyer uh, list probably don't understand is that, you know, when it when in a criminal prosecution, uh, I mean, they really have very little control over what happens in that. And like you said, I mean, if the DA decides just not to pursue it at all and not bring charges or decides uh, to take a, a lesser plea deal, I mean, really, you know, there may be some input from the victim, but uh, at the end of the day, it's the decision of the uh, of the district attorney. Um, you know, but in a civil case, you know, they have more control. They get to pick the lawyer that they want to to pursue this case, and then they pursue this case, uh, you know, and and hold the uh, the responsible parties. Uh, responsible civilly. And so a lot of times, you know, if they don't get their day in court in the with the criminal prosecution, uh, they can get their day in court with the uh, with the civil case. Um, So, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why you want to pursue the uh, uh, civil side of cases, including and I think, you know, what you're saying before about human trafficking, I I really do think shutting down, you know, the places where that allow this to happen is the only way that you're going to be able to really get, uh, you know, this sort of uh, activity to stop, which has you know become uh, more widespread than I think anybody really realizes.
1: Well, and you're absolutely right. You know, in any criminal case, the bottom line is the plaintiff is either the United States government, the state of Florida, the state of Georgia. It's never the victim, so you don't have that right. And, and number two, I mean, I think just with discovery alone, what you start to see you, where, as a crime victim, you can change so much behavior. But we don't have to go further back than the Sandy Hook case in Connecticut. You know, whether that case is ultimately uh, won or not is is really irrelevant at this point because now the victims are gonna be able to get into the gun manufacturer's uh, marketing efforts. And what did they really see? What type of emails exist there? And that's, you know, that that happens when we're talking about the Boy Scouts back page, all these different type cases. A, A case I handled over 20 years ago involved a number of young boys out in San Bernardino, California, that were sexually abused by their youth baseball coach in the Little League. And we uh, were able to bring that case. We found out terrible things that they knew about the coach. But the most important thing at that mediation is all my clients wanted was that Little League Baseball Institute a National Background Check. Right. That's all that they wanted. <clears throat> and, that, and that's what they got out of that case. I mean, they were able to get a monetary reward, But but we stay in touch to this day, and they are so proud. Their kids play baseball, and they know that those coaches have to go through a background check, criminal background check. If that had happened back in the mid-90s to them, that they would have never had this occur to them. So the change you can affect in the civil justice system as a crime victim is a lot more than one prosecution of one criminal defendant. And I think that's very empowering for victims of crime.
0: Yeah, and I think another example of where the Crime Victims uh, um, Bar Association has been really uh, powerful has been in, you know, what happened with the uh, U.S. gymnastics and uh, and uh, having all of those women come forward who had been uh, molested and um, and you know starting to hold uh, hold it responsible when there had been numerous complaints made to the um, to the gymnastics organization that just got ignored.
1: Absolutely, uh, it's a great example. You know, information is. Is such power, getting it out there, because you think now all the different types of organizations, youth organizations that kids are, all our kids, you know, are involved in. And, you know, when you have a case like that, people start to watch a lot more closely. And and it's incredibly important that those victims came out because they saved additional lives, no question about it.
0: Right. And I guess we should say, you know, I mean, nobody's coming out here saying that these organizations like the you know, Boy Scouts and, and other, you know, organizations that work with children are bad organizations. But um, we, you know, when there are children, uh, it, that attracts people who uh, would like to. You know, uh, commit crimes against children, and so all of these entities uh, need to be careful when they're selecting who's going, who they're going to put next to uh, your son or your daughter. And so, while these organizations, you know, have a good idea behind them, uh, they do need to be careful on how they carry it out to make sure that the children are protected, which is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, and th- and that's how safety evolves. That's how best practices evolve. I mean, I- I've coached youth football the last. Six or seven years in South Florida, and and uh, I can tell you, I, I love telling the coach, "Hey, you've got to fill out this background form." You right. know, it's you know, and everything <laughs> like that. I mean, I, number one, it's the right thing to do because what if somebody does have a felony and I don't know about it and those kind of things? But number two, I know it's the right thing for other reasons uh, that you know we happen to be a part of, and and nobody should be scared away of that. They just should know it's safer today than it's ever been, and we'll continue as lawyers and the NCVBA to make it safer for kids and for everyone.
0: Yeah, well, it's a great organization. Uh, Michael, tell our listeners if they want to get involved with the National Crime Victims Bar Association, how do they go about doing that?
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, the website is ncvba.org, And um, Renee Williams is our new executive director. She's doing a phenomenal job. It's based up in Washington, D.C. And I would also encourage, if you're a non-lawyer and you care about victims' rights, whatever the issue may be, Ah, uh, to get involved, the NCVC, which is the National Center for Victims of Crime, is very active on all number of victim fronts. Uh, but, but definitely for lawyers, it's 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 really a a must for someone. I, I think the membership now is maybe two hundred seventy-five dollars or something along those lines. And for a bar membership and all the expert materials and everything you get, it's it's a no-brainer. Right.
0: Well, Michael, we appreciate it. And we've been talking with Michael Haggard out of, uh, out of Coral Gables, Florida, about the National Crime Victims Bar Association. And this has been a bonus episode of the Great Trials Podcast. Thank you, Michael.
1: Thank you.